dolphins and jags. What a drag! Hey, all you cool cats and dolphins. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson, and this is the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Casey, how was your week, buddy? So we're just sticking with that? I, th- I thought like I thought you were saying like oh I, I didn't create a new one here I'm just gonna uh, so I thought so, you go back to the original I didn't so realize this this is copy it. and paste baby yeah, good 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 um yeah week was two weeks I guess two weeks have been very eventful a lot of life changes um sorry in advance to Albert uh, who's gonna listen to this and may or may not know what has happened. But look, I apologize. Just know that you're invited over, you know, for the Dolphins games this fall. Um, and uh, what's important you know. is the friendships that you've made along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he might be like, what are you talking about? Or he yeah. might know. It could or go either way. And be devastated anyway. currently. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so my week or two has been eventful. How about you, buddy? <laughs> my two weeks been uh, uh, very work-filled. Uh, however, we did go to the zoo and go to uh, the splash pad at our at our local zoo. Ellie had a great time. And, uh, you know, just kind of been hanging out, watching terrible, terrible Obi-Wan Kenobi show every week. And, uh, hell yeah, bro. Just, just pretty much working, you know. You should watch Ready for football mom. season. That's good. Uh, maybe eventually. I don't have no idea what's happening. In you don't current. have to. You don't MCU have to. Universe. Absolutely, absolutely. You need to come in with zero context. It's its own thing. Sounds great. Maybe maybe I'll pick that one up after I'm done and having to watch this uh, Kenobi show. What you drinking tonight, buddy? Uh, oh, I had half of my Blizzard as as per usual, um, and now I'm going straight to Maker's Mark. <laughs> that it's that ice cream alcohol combo we talked about uh, yeah. last week. Two weeks, man. Sometimes it feels like. It's saying that there's a problem with the audio. You want me to keep going or you want me to reload? You keep going, man. Just keep going. Uh, hopefully <laughs> this doesn't happen to you again. Um, yeah, that's just, it's gross to me. The alcohol and the, and, and the ice cream. I hope it's okay in your stomach later on. I hope you're not having some, some issues later. Uh, Godspeed to you and your belly and possibly your tur- turlet later. <laughs> so I'm going to say this up front because... People might not listen to it at the end before we get into this episode. So next episode, Casey and I are going to do our quarterback purgatory rankings. So we're going we're gonna to talk about which quarterback we feel like is quarterback purgatory. So that's the line at which above him, you have a franchise quarterback slash a guy you can win with. Below him, you need to replace him. But also, because I feel like that might not go as long as normal, I wanted to try something that Casey doesn't know about. Uh, I want to try and maybe see if we could get some uh, listener involvement and maybe do kind of like a an AMA style and ask me anything kind of thing. So if you have any questions for me or Casey, football-related or non-football-related, you can either send us a tweet at Turf. Or you can send us an email at the same email, surfandartificialturf at gmail.com. And we'll kind of go over some stuff. If you have some questions about us personally uh, or just any kind of like fun questions, it'll go as long as it goes. If we get no questions, you know, that is what it is. And if we get a whole bunch of questions, we'll, we'll go over as many as we possibly can. Or feel free to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and you could use your uh, question as your review. So, but this week, we are going to finish our tour of the teams and our roster resets, and we're going to focus in on our two favorite teams, the Jags and the Dolphins. Uh, I have for us to go over first, the one Miami Dolphins. Key additions, Mike McDaniel at head coach. and free agency, we've got Chase Edmonds uh, and Raheem Mostart at running back, Cedric Wilson and Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, Teron Armstead at offensive tackle, Connor Williams at offensive guard. And then in the draft, they picked up Channing Tendall, a linebacker, 102nd overall, key subtractions, Duke Johnson, Thompson, um, Greg Mansk, and Brian Flores. 
before I get into my Baxter's burning questions, any kind of just like high level thoughts you want to talk about here, or you want to just kind of do the questions first that I have for you. And then maybe what we'll see what the conversation happens from that. Um, I, let's do the latter. Okay. So I have come up with my Baxter's burning questions for both of these teams. I have three questions per side of the ball. So obviously we're going to start with offense. So my first burning question for you about the Miami Dolphins, which position group are you the most confident in and which position group are you the least confident in? Did you say this is for offense or defense or both? Mm-hmm. Oh, just offense. Oh, okay. Most confident. These are my these easy. are my offensive questions. PZ, it's with the wide receiver room uh, is possibly one of the best of all time. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, definitely, uh, obviously, currently top five in the in the league, and I mean, without a question, uh, Wilson and Waddle and Hill. I mean, it, it's it's hard to beat that uh, trio, and um, mm-hmm. so that's exciting. Um, least confident has to still be the offensive line. It is. Uh, still relying on a couple second-year and third-year players. And although we made two two additions... Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in the offensive line, it it does take some time to adjust and um, to a set five. And Mm -hmm. so it's a completely different offensive line in terms of the arrangement and half the players. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm hoping for the best there because... You know, your your offense can only take you so far if you have a weak offensive line. So, uh, yes, we could adjust around it again, and we have more skill position players to adjust even more, <laughs> if you would, in terms of uh, the quick throws and things like that that we have relied on these first two years of Tua. But uh, it would really open up our offense if our offensive line can come through, mostly in the running game. Yeah, I am. Uh, I I agree with wide receiver. I think running back is also a close second. I think that they have done a lot for their running back room, bringing in a, a, a lot of guys who are are proven guys who can play in the NFL. You might not necessarily have that top end guy, but I still feel like they've got you know three pros within their their running back room that you can feel kind of comfortable. Four pros that you feel pretty comfortable about, kind of just like at any point in time, being able to put them out onto the, onto the field and having them play. But I definitely agree. It's definitely wide receiver is the position I'm most confident in. And offensive line, I think a big part of offensive line is coaching. So I, it'll be interesting to see, like you're saying, how those pieces fit together along with a new coach. We'll see how that goes. Uh, how close is Tua to? Is, is that your second most concerned position quarterback? Uh yes, it would have to be because mm-hmm. I I I like our tight ends. Yeah, and so that's it, <laughs> right? So yeah. it would have to it would have to be quarterback uh, in terms of the offensive of, uh, positions. Okay, and I like a fullback. What is the expectation for the basic function of this offense? I.e., will they be spread attack zone run with play action, vertical passing, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? What do you envision this offense looking like going into this next season? Boy, I mean, I'm going to have to lean zone run just because it's McDaniel mm-hmm. coming from that Shanahan offense. But it's it's so exciting because it could be any of those things mm-hmm. at any time. I expect zone zone run and play action, but it could be spread, you know? Um, and we could have two running backs on the field. We, you know, we could have multiple tight ends. Uh, and of course, there's so much we can do with our playmakers now, I, I envision the most creative offense I've seen as a Dolphin since the Wildcat offense. That's that's what I envision. Mm-hmm. Something that's going to be top of the league in creativity. And I think that um, we have the right coach for that. And, now, and we also now have the right players for that as well. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. It the Shanahan zone 
run scheme that favors heavily with the play action is, you know, my one of my favorite systems in the NFL, but it'll be interesting to see with Mike McDaniel how much how creative he's going to be, how much he's going to deviate from that and and run some different stuff because he as we believe and the things that we've heard from him, he's an incredibly intelligent, incredibly uh creative person. Um, with some of the stuff even that he's been doing in practice, like not necessarily plays, we don't know what's happening there, but like the orange jersey thing, letting the players pick their own music. Like he's doing things that are different that seem to be catching on very well with his team. So it'll be interesting to see if that bleeds over into the uh, play call and create. Yeah. I, so I have a question for you then. Okay. Do you think it's, I, well, let me, let me rephrase two questions. <laughs> Who's your favorite coach in the league right now? Just coach. Just just football head, coach. Head coach. Kyle Shanahan. And, and, and Kyle Shanahan. How dare yeah. you? Just um, coach. If you take all the other stuff out of it, if I'm just having a guy calling my team on Sundays, it would be Shanahan. Okay. But all the other stuff, it, then it becomes more of an issue and, and less and less Shanahan. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think my answer right now would be Brennan Staley. But I, I think that ultimately it um, – the, the question is, do you think with what McDaniel is – his potential, I would say, in terms of the type of coach he can be, mm-hmm. uh, do you think he could surpass them? In oh, terms yeah, absolutely. Of... Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Because w- one of the reasons why Shanahan for me is uh, – above Staley, even though we did talk about it's, you know, you have an offensive guy, you have a defensive head coach. It doesn't really matter. I would still prefer for my head coach to be on the offensive side. It's not something that is like a necessity, but I do feel like that Mike McDaniel can get to the same kind of level of Staley where you have a guy who is really good at everything else including being able to call plays um not just being a really good play caller which is kind of how i see shanahan he seems to have some problems with his players he seems to have some issues uh in the uh front office kind of picking of players um it's you set the mood over there huh um that's the lights are off baby just talk about mcdaniel slower please (laughs) Mike, mike mcdaniel could definitely be in that upper tier after after one year i don't yeah i don't think i've ever been so excited for a head coach yeah um and it's really just like the possibilities and what they've done so far this off season mm-hmm. to add to our team uh and just the clips you know and it's, it's the same thing that turned me on to staley it's the way he talks his intelligence and i just there is a level of creativity that they had in san francisco and the way they use debo samuel that gets me excited for the way that we can use Waddle. That gets me excited for the way that we're going to use two of the fastest people, if not the two fastest people in the league, and Mostert and Hill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Waddle's also top five. So it's just, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy what we have in the speed department. And um, I just, uh, it is hard to not be on that hype train right now. That McDaniel heart hype train. What are you drinking tonight, buddy? I'm drinking an Elysian Full Contact Imperial Hazy IPA. My bad. <laughs> well, we didn't talk about it. My 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 recording decided it didn't want to work there for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Got it. It's very good. Okay. All so right, my <laughs> final question on the offense: How confident are you that Tua is the future of this franchise, and what do you need to see from him this year? You want like numbers? What do you? I mean, you you tell me what that means to you. Wow. What do you need to see Deep. from him? <laughs> um, I'm like your therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tell, interpret this for me. I, 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 so, you know, I think it's a matter of, I don't know, it's, it is a indefinable quality in terms of, we're going to cover it in two weeks. What is a franchise quarterback? Mm-hmm. And there is, there is something there um, that... I don't know how I'm going to be able to explain it. Maybe I can explain it better in two weeks when I'm distinguishing certain players. Mm-hmm. But there has to be 
a a a display of a combination of things and um you know some some things can be better than others so if his talent level is a little bit lower if his intelligent level makes up for that if his command makes up for that if his you know uh, pre-read pre-snap reads make up for that in terms of you know talent as an athleticism um you know it's it's a combination of things but it's really a at this point he's got to stay healthy mm-hmm. um i need to see i would say at least 13 starts uh and we'd have to make the playoffs i think anything besides that's a disappointment um the health thing has been an issue and mm-hmm. he has worked this offseason strengthening um, his body and you know I think the the broken um, finger last year rib I mean was a kind of like a freak thing um, that is you know that could happen to someone uh, any anyone that's playing in the quarterback position but you know he's had some health issues and he needs to stay healthy so you know I think along with that with what we're providing around him all the complaints that we've had He's going to have a decent offensive line now, and he's going to have a great playmaking running back and wide receiver room. And obviously still with Jacecki there, it, he has all the tools, and he has um, – it can't be a, well, I had a defensive-minded coach, and I was going through multiple offensive coordinators every year. Mm-hmm. You know, now you have an offensive-minded head coach, and – I think all the excuses will have run dry. And what I need to see this year is just kind of a leap from last year, similar to a leap that we saw from the second year to the, from the first, but this leap needs to take us to a place where I don't have any doubts about what, who I want starting in the quarterback position in QB one for the Dolphins. Yeah. I think health is a big part of it. For me, I definitely need to see him stay healthy for the season. You know, there's a guy that a lot of people comp him to and Jimmy G, um, who's also a guy who struggles to stay healthy. And at some point, that's kind of like one of the biggest knocks on Jimmy G is that you can't rely on him to be there for the whole season. So I definitely need to see Tua in as many games as possible and no nagging injuries no kind of like obviously injuries is something that you can't stop but if you're not available as a quarterback that's that's a big issue so that's my first one and then I just I need to see him be able to take full command of this offense in year one a lot like what you're saying he's an intelligent guy there needs to be not a whole bunch of mental errors from to his side with all of this elite talent around him. That's what I need to see from Tua. Who do you think has the most yards from scrimmage this year? It's it's between Waddle and Tyreek, and I want to lean Waddle just because I feel like Tyreek is that, that player that your defense, your defensive coordinator, your defense, that's the person that they're keying on on the offense. They're going to be like, where's Tyreek? Shade the safety over to that side. Make sure that he's bracketed, whatever. And Waddle's going to get the um, benefit of having a guy like that opposite of him. I agree. I also, I think that um, if we use Waddle in a, more in the running game that could mm-hmm. also add to that yeah. yards. Um, not that we won't use Tyreek in reverses or double reverses or whatever. Right. Um, but I think that if we, you know, just based on Waddle and this, you know, he's not the same body type as Demo Samuel, but it's something where in a zone run scheme, Waddle would, could be fine, you know, mm-hmm. at running back. All right. Uh, moving on to the defense. Look at that. I, I threw two questions at you. Didn't you have coming in? Nailed it. Boom. <laughs> Got it. First question about the defense. With Josh Boyer, Dolphins defensive coordinator, remaining the same, how much do you expect this defense to change? 
Um, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I think that it, it adapted well last year, but mm-hmm. we kind of <sighs> the first year. Let me rephrase that. Two years ago, we kind of had the defense that we had was more of a, um, I don't know, it was a bit more schemy in the way that we blitzed. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year we relied, I think, a lot more on coverage sacks at the beginning of the year, and then we switched more to a uh, start blitzing more in the second half of the year, and it really worked out. And I think that's what we'll stick with this year. We added a couple pieces like Melvin Ingram that will add to that. Um, and, but mostly it's, we're keeping, we have the same defense, right? The same Mm -hmm. starting 11 are coming back with the addition of Melvin Ingram. Um, so a couple leaps for some rookies, I expect, of course, but that won't change the scheme. The scheme's going to be the same. So what do you think, you know, uh, there was a lot of reports. There's a lot of talk about how complicated this defense was and how hard it is for rookies. How much of that do you put? on Brian Flores as a defensive-minded head coach and it kind of being more his scheme. That's kind of like where I was kind of trying to go with this question. Um, and h- how much do you think it's maybe going to be a little bit more simplified under Josh Boyer, even though it's the same defense? Like, what what do you expect? Any kind of changes? Do you expect it to be a little bit more simplistic? Do you think... how? I guess, how much of it do you think the last couple of years was Brian Flores versus... Josh Boyer. Yeah, that's tough. It, it, it does sound seem like from the outside that it was a lot of Brian Flores, um, a majority, if you would. Brian Flores uh, controlling that defense. And so um, I think that... <sighs> you got to imagine that be... this defense is all his now. Like, what, what you're sure. going to see oh, this absolutely. year is a Josh Boyer yeah, defense. Yeah, McDaniel isn't going to step in on that. And I, right. I think... You know, I think, again, there's some benefits to the fact that we had the same personnel returning this year mm-hmm. instead of from two years ago to last year where we lost Van Noy and Austin. You know, this year it's the same guys. Uh, and so we can just run it back. Um, something that, you know, it was working in this contemporary NFL. We know what mm-hmm. works. Um, I think last year was kind of a trial and error. We had a couple rookies um, that were starting. And I think that... You know, it it is public knowledge that Brian Flores stepped in halfway through the season and made those changes to the way that we 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 um, approach the our blitz scheme, if you would. And you know, I still think that Boyer is um, he's a very smart defensive coordinator. PFF just had him ranked in top five in defensive coordinators, and I I think that that. he will. You know, I think he's learned these past couple years from Brian Flores, who is a great defensive mind. Um, and so I, I, I don't think that, you know, whatever, the, I don't think he's going to necessarily simplify the scheme at all because I think, again, these players already know it. It's not like they have to simplify mm-hmm. it. Um, so, and so um, I think it's really just a matter of minor adjustments, but mostly I think we know what who we are. Okay. Next question. Will Jalen Phillips make make the leap, and what does that look like to you? Huh. I guess I don't know. I guess a look. He set the rookie season sack total for us, mm-hmm. so it's not like he was terrible, you know. Um, so there were some stretches of disappearance especially at the beginning of the season sure sure and again i think that all goes back to the complicated scheme that you were talking about mm-hmm. um and as he got more familiar with it and um was able to adjust and the fact that we started blitzing more so he got more one-on-ones and he was able to you know get some scheme snacks and things like that i think that helped in his confidence as well he had a few games like especially remember the zach wilson jets game where he had multiple sacks and you could tell he was kind of feeling it. And so I think really just an expansion of that. He is someone that um, we primarily use in passing downs. Um, so maybe a, you know, a more rounded uh, game in where we can also rely him more on uh, in the run game as well. Van Ginkle would come in a lot more in the run game. Uh, he had led like he's in top 10 in tackles for loss. Um, I think if Phillips can 
more, you know, balance more of his game and learn more on that side. That would be nice. That would be useful. Having him out there all three downs, I think would be, would be nice to see. Um, and I think really it's just a matter of just more sacks, more pressures and things like that. Right. This is some things that you expect to see in the second year. Um, and bringing in a guy like Melvin Ingram is not bad. You know, uh, someone that's a veteran like that, I think is a good addition as well for him. Um, you know, he, he obviously already had Ogba, but bringing in Ingram, I mean, that's, whew, boy, is how, how is it, how hard is it not to get so excited about this fucking team? Yeah. <laughs> Dolphins are going to be an exciting team. So do you think he is going to make that leap into the conversation of top defensive ends at, at rushers? Yeah, so like, yeah I, I guess um, I can definitely see that happening this year. Absolutely. I could see him being in that Bosa Watt, uh, top 10 defensive ends in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of just him rounding out his game more so he's on the field more often. Um, and just a replication of that second half of the year mm-hmm. over the entire year can lead to, you know, just I think a explosion of statistics that support what could be um, or someone that should be an all-pro in his second or third year, hopefully. Yeah, so for sure. It's definitely the consistency. You just need to see it stretched out over the full season, and hopefully he'll be able to pick up where he left off at the end of the season. My final question for you for the defense, and then I have a team-wide question. Miami finished at sixth-best graded defense on PFF. Higher, lower, or about the same? Probably, I'm between lower and about the same. And the yeah. reason why is because the rest of the offenses in the AFC decided to add as much talent as they possibly could. Yeah. And so I think it's just a, a, a bit of a law of averages there that it's going to kind of probably drop a couple. Um, and I think a couple, a couple of defenses in the NFC are going to look much better this year. So, you know, I, I'm leaning more towards that. Um, however... I'm excited to see the Patriots twice. I'm excited to see the Jets twice. I don't think those offenses are anywhere near um, competitive. And I, again, what we did to a few good offenses in the league last year, like the Ravens, um, I think is exciting. And, you know, I still expect us to be top 10. Whether it's five, whether it's nine, I don't know. But um, I expect it to be in that range. I don't know if yeah, we'll make the same. leap to top five. What do you think? then is the missing piece? Is it just that you're in the AFC, bad luck, you got all these incredible teams? Or do you think it's, is is there a piece on defense that you think is is missing? I need to look at the rankings. I don't know what defenses were technically above us. Um, so while you pull that up, you know, let me just hypothesize. I, you know, I think that, look, our line in my mind is set. Ogba, Wilkins, Phillips, that's all we need. We have Ingram as outside linebacker. That's fine. I think our linebacking group is probably our weakest group. Um, so, you know, one more guy there would be useful. You know, I think if we had kept our first round pick, linebacker was definitely a place that we were going to add. Um, and it could have been N'Kobe Dean or Devin Lloyd or someone like that. But I think that <clears throat> having someone um, that could replace a Landon Roberts, potentially, um, I think that would be the, that would be the missing piece. Uh, one One more linebacker to improve that room um a defensive back room i mean it's it's hard to say there's any big holes there i think that um our cornerback room and our safety room is amongst the best in the league so it it, it's really just a linebacker i think um so so who's top five defensive grades and looking at it it's kind of a lot like what we were talking about uh of the teams above the Dolphins. Four of them are NFC. Yeah. Do you want to guess which, what what's a, what those teams were? The Bucks. Nope. Rams. Yes. Rams number one. 49ers. 49ers are five. There's two more AFC teams that graded higher according to PFF in, in overall defense and one AFC team. Oh, this is you tough. got one and you got five. 
okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold One on, of them is, is surprising to me. Colts? Nope. One of one of the one of the NFC teams is surprising. Thank you. I need you to help me out here, okay? The the oh, I almost said the team name. The AFC team is is not super surprising just because their division was not great last year. Huh? Other than I guess one team was good. The Titans. Nope. The Browns are the AFC team that we're above. The Browns. Yeah, possible. I mean, they got to play. They got to play the Ravens twice without Lamar. They got yeah. old Ben Roethlisberger. So there's two NFC teams, two and three last year. The Saints Ooh. were second, and the Packers were third. Yeah, I was gonna say Packers. Next. Yeah, I think what what about what about nose? I guess you feel pretty good about Wilkins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's okay. He's definitely um, he's elite. I think that um, I think we're set there. We just kind of have to, you know, renew him. Um, but beside that, I think that <clears throat> I think we're good there. I think we're good on our line. I think we're good in our cornerback and defense back room. Okay. So here's my team wide question, and then we can kind of free flow. If you've got anything else you feel like you want to say about the Dolphins, yeah, I, have, I, have, on. I have a team wide question for you as well. Okay. My team wide question: Take out Tua. Who is this team's Jenga piece? So Jenga piece theory is. What is the piece that you would remove that the whole thing is going to fall? I got it. <laughs> it's it's Teron Armstead. Yeah. Because if, if you take out Teron Armstead, then here, here's our off the line situated currently. This is what is hypothesized to be our starting off of the blind going into the year. That is Armstead at left tackle, Eichenberg at left guard, Connor Williams at center, Robert Hunt at right guard, Austin Jackson at right tackle. If you take out Armstead, who is playing left tackle? Yeah, the whole thing has to get reconfigured. Eichenberg was literally the worst in the league. Yeah, in, in at left tackle, that's because he should be a guard. He mm-hmm. has the hands of a guard. In, in I, I mean, I think he is better projected to be a high quality starter in this league as a guard. And he was yes, he was left out to dry out there. You know, he didn't have any support on his inside. So basically, if you have no one on your inside, you're just going to look even worse. And he had Austin sure. Jackson for most of the year at left guard. But he was not good at that position. If he's surrounded by Armstead and Connor Williams, that is, you can't get me surrounded by anyone better, honestly, yeah. in the league. And so he's going to look much better. And that whole left side is going to be set. And then on the right side, Robert Hunt is a good NFL starter at right guard. And it's really just a right tackle. Austin Jackson's our biggest question mark. I'd wish that we had added one more person, one more um, tackle, even if it's depth. Um, but I think they are relying on the fact that we are going to massively improve at two positions. And so that is going to help the rest of the line. And, and coaching. Yeah, and, and coaching, of course. So so it's, it's definitely Armstead because if Eichenberg is back at left tackle, it's a mess. It's a disaster. And we have, again, two inexperienced guys at tackles and that that's when it, it gets it gets risky fast mm-hmm. agree hit me with your dolphins team my question what's our floor and what's our ceiling with records on both i, I don't want to put a specific number on it i will say floor, Give me or, range range of wins yeah, uh, sure. so, so ceiling wins. ceiling to me would be fighting the Bills for the number one uh, in the AFC uh, East. Yes. And um, fighting for fighting for that top seed and being either the top wildcard seed or the floor. For me, the expectations that I have, like we were talking about, very high. I expect this team to be a wild card team in the playoffs this year and not like the number seven team where it's like, this is just kind of like the whatever leftover team we're going to throw in. This is a team that's going to be at their floor, a very competitive team week in and week out, and they will be in the playoffs and it'll be a team that everybody's like, yes, this team deserves to be in the playoffs. Wait, so you're saying our floor is that we're in the playoffs? That with my expectations, assuming nobody gets hurt, 
assuming everything that I believe is going to happen, I feel like the floor for this team. You're more on the high train than me. Oh, a wild card team. <laughs> yeah, the floor of our, our our team is a five to six team win team. Yeah, that McDaniel just doesn't know how to run a team, and Tua is not the the, the king that was promised. Yeah, I'm um, the eternal and, optimist. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't go that far. You know, I think there is a range here, and I think that again, it, this team is just loaded, loaded. It doesn't mean anything if you can't use it, if you can't throw the ball to the people, if you, you know, it doesn't take much. Um, and I just, I think the AFC has gotten a lot more com- competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if two is not that guy, he's not going to compete against a, a lot of these teams and we'll be missing the playoffs. We, look, we lost to the Jags, the Falcons. Everybody loses uh, to the Jags in London. No, don't, you don't count that one. And he started those games. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I understand that we didn't have any, you know, a great offensive line last year, you know, but you got to win those types of games, I feel like. And I feel like this year, in my mind, he has to win all of those games. I do all Because the, I the rest like, of the schedule is going to be tough. So for, for me, part of it is just like the offensive play calling. The offense was just not good at the beginning of the season. And it took a long time for them to get to, this is what Tua can do well, along with the pieces that we have within this offense. And I just don't see McDaniel taking till week five, six, seven, eight to be able to figure that out. I think he's already got it figured out. So I think, those issues that the Dolphins were having at the beginning of the season before they went on their their run of winning a whole bunch of games at the end of the season, I just don't see them having that down and then up kind of trajectory. I just kind of see them kind of not necessarily being like a steady team, but just like a, a competitive team week in and week out with a smart coach and with a team that's just loaded with really, really good players on offense and defense. Well, I appreciate that, man. You're welcome. <laughs> you didn't do anything, but you're welcome. You ready to move on to the Jags? Anything else? Any other final words on the Dolphins? No. I'm excited also, spoiler, to see Javon Spoiler Holland alert for our, for our playoff podcast. I will have the Dolphins in there. As <laughs> yeah, yeah, the I think it would be impossible in your mind for them not yeah. to make it. So. It's not impossible. Like Obviously, like Tyreek gets hurt. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I should have phrased Toronto Armstead gets hurt. Toronto Armstead gets hurt, and they're right back where they were, and they can't operate an NFL kind of functioning offense. But yeah, every every team has a floor of one or two wins, right? Because right. Yeah. they could have so many injuries that it completely right. decapitates any type of you know promise. The Ravens didn't make the playoffs last year, and we would have said their floor was kind of like what I was just saying about the Dolphins last year. But I, they didn't I, make it. You 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 answered the question how I meant it, which is no injuries. Mm-hmm. Injuries aside, what's our floor and ceiling? And I think that um, that's fine. Anyway, go ahead. Yep. Okay. So for the Jags, key additions, Doug Peterson in free agency, Christian Kirk, wide receiver, Foye Aluakon, uh, linebacker, Foley Fatakasi, uh, and interior defensive I'm not say any of those names. Brandon Scherf, <laughs> offensive guard, Darius Williams, cornerback, Evan Ingram, tight end, Zay Jones, wide receiver. In the draft, they took Travon Walker, uh, outside linebacker, slash edge, sure first overall. Devin Lloyd, 27th overall. Chad Muma, 70th overall. Key subtractions, Urban Meyer and Brandon Linder. Key addition, Urban Meyer, gone. <laughs> <laughs> Key addition, Doug Peterson, slash not Urban Meyer. Yeah. You ready to get into my Baxter's burning questions? Uh, I want to feel that burn. Okay. Starting in the offense again. Is Travis Etienne... A player who has seen zero NFL snaps, the most explosive offensive weapon. For the Jags. <laughs> for, the, for the Jags, yeah. Uh, no, it's Christian Kirk. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it with Travis Etienne. I, I think that, um, you know, I understand what we saw in college with him and with mm-hmm. Trevor. Um, I think there's a potential there. But there's no way I could put Etienne over Kirk at this point. Um, I think Kirk is someone that can be electric. Um, and I've seen it and mm-hmm. 
can he be electric in this offense? I don't know, <laughs> but that's just the nature I think of this this offense, and I think that detriment is still there with ATN. It really depends on how they use him, and I just want to see him right against NFL players, NFL defenses every week. Um, that's something we haven't seen yet, so it's hard for me to put someone like that um, ahead of someone who I know has had electric plays against NFL defenses, um, and that is Christian Kirk. My my biggest concern with Christian Kirk is you know, going into free agency before the Jags even brought him in when people were talking about, you know, this guy as an, as an option, looking at the splits of the games with DeAndre Hopkins and without DeAndre Hopkins, it is stark. He didn't have a single game over 100 yards when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't there, and he didn't have he had one touchdown in all, and I think it was like six games. He had one touchdown. He is, for all intents and purposes, the number one wide receiver. He might not be playing X. He might be the number one wide receiver from the slot. But he is, for all intents and purposes, the number one wide receiver for this team. And when he has been billed as the number one guy in the NFL, you haven't seen as much from him. So my concern with Kirk is... There's not a lot around him, and he hasn't been able to show me with not a lot around him that he's capable. Whereas with Etienne, he can take take the ball from the backfield and he can take it to the house 90 yards. And I know we haven't seen that in the NFL, um, but it's definitely one of those things that I, I think that Travis Etienne is the most explosive player on this offense. And I think that that is where in lies my problem with what they did in free agency this year. Yeah. Um, the only caveat, the only really ray of hope you have there is that I don't care for that Arizona offense or Cliff Kingsbury or anything really mm-hmm. going on there. And so, yes, he you know wasn't great when Hopkins was not in there. Uh, however, I think that there's still ways that you can use Christian Kirk and be successful, more successful than he was without Hopkins last year as that wide receiver one. Um I, of course, would love more support for him, but I think that potentially with Ingram, you could have some support to where Kirk can can still be and display that electric um, nature that he has. Next question. How confident are you that in year two and a more competent coaching staff, we will see the prince that was promised? I one to a hundred. Yeah. This one I had to put a number on. Yeah. I'm 60% confident. It's really a matter of, did they do enough to add around him? No. Is the swap of Doug Peterson over Urban Meyer, a huge addition, you know, by subtraction and by addition to, to his, you know, development. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, Again, we, we've talked about this before on this pod, but you got to have a team of people around you. And what was surrounding Trevor Lawrence last year in the coaching staff um, was terrible. And I think that this is a better uh, group. Um, I have serious questions about this group, but it is still significantly better than what he had last year. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, you have to kind of trust Trevor's talent, what we've seen, what everyone expected from him. Um, and he's still going to get some help with Kirk and Etienne that he did not have last oh, year. Yeah, I think the uh, offense will be better. Yeah, so you know, I think that that in Ingram, I, I think that those those additions will will help. Um, based on, I mean, we might already be talking about Trevor, or at least the national media might be talking about him a little bit different if you take it to the fact that no balls were dropped. Um, you know, what would those stat lines look like? What would those yards look like? What would those plays look like that you can throw in the highlight reel? Um, it, it, it's hard to throw, you know, those dropped catches um, from, you know, trouble or whatever, um, or obviously Visca when uh, on the highlight reel. And so I think that it's, you know, it, it's a lot of things, but um, a more stable coaching staff is, you know, numero uno reason why I think that we will see a leap from him. I have some confidence in seeing, you know, something to where I think that he, look, he's still in my mind, still the guy. I, I have no doubts that he um, can be the franchise quarterback. Um, 
more doubts about Tua last year than I did do about Trevor this year, if that makes sense. Right. And um, again, this is the second year, and he had one of the wide, worst wide receiving courts of all time last year around him with in terms of drops and things like that. And um, possibly the worst head coach of all time in the NFL. Yeah. So um, that's not great for a rookie quarterback. I do think that um, he he will make a leap this year. I'm curious at how big of a leap, what's the mm-hmm. ceiling there with this offense um, and everything, but it's something. My, I, I agree 100% everything that you said. My confidence scale might be just like a little bit higher, but that's, you know, just me generally as a human. The number, I could say 72. Last offensive question. And this question, don't don't think about it week one. Let's let's think about it like halfway through the season. How do you see this wide receiver room shaking out? The two guys on the outside in the slot. Ooh. I I mean gosh, that's tough. I don't know. I I, I <laughs> because yeah, I kinda of have to hypothesize what what will happen when if you put Kirk in Jones outside at first I'm not quite sure what they would start with um and or Treadwell you know it doesn't matter um assuming assuming, I guess assuming Marvin Jones a Jones and Christian Kirk are your are your three top wide receivers yeah when I said those are the three guys are gonna have the most play time where do you see the those guys ending up playing I couldn't even tell you what Zay Jones played last year. Outside. Well, okay. Why? He played he played the second wide receiver um to Ruggs. Well, he makes more sense outside. Up until Ruggs got hurt. He makes hurt. more sense outside. Hurt. Yeah, hurt, hurt. Killed hurt. somebody with the car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he hurt somebody um, he had to play the X. But yeah, he played outside. Okay. So Zay Jones will be outside. Um I just think that that makes sense. Um, right. but I, I didn't want to be wrong in terms of if he was playing the slot. Um, no, Hunter Renfro was sure. Yeah. For the, for the so, record. you know, again, it makes sense. I don't know what makes sense is Jones and Jones on the outside and Kirk mm-hmm. in the slot. Agreed. What will actually happen? Probably Kirk and Zay Jones on the outside and Marvin Jones in the slot. But I don't like that. Do you think, so I guess, <laughs> is that how you think they start the season? And then you think that they kind of, what's going to happen is kind of what we're seeing and just Christian Kirk Christian Kirk's best role is a slot receiver. Yeah. You yeah. can be you can be Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup plays more snaps in line and in the slot than he does outside. And he was the best wide receiver and was killing it last year. You can do that from the slot. It's fine. Yeah, I just I I know I know I don't, I don't, and I, I guess I don't really know what this offense looks like. Um, honestly, if we're going to have Ingram and Arnold mm-hmm. on as double tight and two tight end sets, um, and that might change things. Boy, I don't know. It, I, 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 look, I agree with you. I just, I could definitely see them being like, look, Kirk is our best wide receiver, he should be outside. You know, that's how the season's going to start. I think. Peterson just doesn't have a great read with wide receivers from his past, and I think that he will use um, Ingram and other tight ends more, and that will lead to Kirk being more on the outside based on just kind of a necessity. It's the same reason Devontae Smith was on the outside last year with the Eagles. It's just a matter of who else will be there. Mm-hmm. I think they're just thinking, look, he's our best receiver. He should be there. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be, if the offense will be bad enough for them to make a change. Um, so, you know, that that's that's tough. I, I don't know. We'll have to see going forward. First question for the defense. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, you got a, you got a question for me? Who has more line yards from line of scrimmage? I know my, my question is very creative. James Robinson or Travis Etienne? I'm going to say ETN because I'm not sure about James Robinson still. James Robinson starts week one, or is ready by week one, I should say. Like fully healthy, or he fully can healthy. play in football games? 
He can play. He's played multiple games in the preseason. Please don't play him multiple games. I don't want to see. I don't. I want to see Snoop Connor carry yeah. the ball 150 times in the preseason. I yeah. do not want to see either of these two running backs. I don't know if we know what's realistic now. But let's just assume that he's ready. 100 percent week one. I I think it would be James Robinson, just because he. I think he is. Even with the usage, even with how bad the coaching was last year, you could see that he's an NFL level, NFL caliber running back. He was in the top graded running backs. He was, you know, yards per carry. He was up in the top echelon and then started to fall off as the team got worse and worse. I think he's a workhorse kind of back for the NFL, but I do think that you'll get more explosive plays out of ETN, but I think Robinson has more total yards. Is there anything that you is do you foresee a possibility where you at the end of this year want to move on at the quarterback position? Quarterback? Yeah. No. No. I, not you have the first overall pick in the next year's draft. Let's, no, let's I, not, let's I still don't. That way. You know, I, as much kind of looking at the quarterbacks going into next year, I, even after two years in the NFL, if this year they still end up with the first overall pick and you put Trevor Lawrence back in this draft, I'd probably still draft Trevor Lawrence over the next two guys coming out. Right, but the next two guys coming out, you have for five, and then after this yeah. year, you have Trevor yeah, for it's fine. I don't, I would not, I'm not concerned about contracts. I'm not that. No, I would not be. The only thing that could possibly make me feel that way, I would have nothing to do with record. It would be if Trevor regressed, like substantially. With everything that we're saying, you know, better coaching, better supporting cast. If he looked worse, that would be the only way that I would be considering it. But it is not tied to the Jags record in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so start going to the defense. My segue was a little messed up. <laughs> that's okay. Cause I appreciate your questions. <laughs> Same as my last question, but for cornerbacks. So how do you see this cornerback room shaking out to outside guys in slot? It's <laughs> a bigger no. question mark than the wide receiver room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I can tell you what makes sense. Um, tell me what you would do. So we've got Shaq Griffin, we've got Tyson Campbell, and we've got Darius Williams coming over. All three guys, all significantly better on the outside. Sure. Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams would be outside. Shaq Griffin, inside. Slot. I agree. I agree. I think putting the rookie who showed that he can play last year on the outside and letting him continue to develop because he will be on your team longer than Shaq Griffin will be on your team. Um, and Darius Williams coming over has already kind of shown that he's not necessarily great in the slot. I mean, Shaq's just never played in the slot, so you don't know if he's going to be good or bad. But I, I 100% agree. That's what I would do as well. Yeah, and I just, I have... I don't know. I still have, I had him last year, serious reservations about Shaq Griffin's talent. And we've seen Campbell in the, in the slot. And I know Darius Williams' talent level. And so I think if you compare all those three things and you want the strongest cornerback room, I think that's the best solution is to put Campbell outside, the only place he can't be. And Williams outside as your CB1 because he is your best cornerback. So what would you do in two wide or two cornerback sets? You wouldn't have Shaq on the field at all? Nope. Okay. I agree. I think Shaq Griffin after the season is a sneaky cut. I mean, I yep. don't know it's I don't know what the huge, huge cap savings if you cut him after this year. Yeah, I I think Shaq Griffin's gonna be a, million, a sneaky player to move on from after at this coming ab- up. Year. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you can I mean there's a, a ton of stuff you can do, of course. I mean you already add you just added your best free agent signing in my opinion is Darius Williams. Mm. Um, because 
on the offensive line that probably go sure but it's guard so right and you're and there you you're not necessarily really you're not substantially improving your offensive line you're making up for some you know retirements and stuff Mm -hmm. um those 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 guys that you had on the inside were good you know um obviously great at some points in their career i think that your quarterback room has been weak since ramsey left and uh i think darius williams is your best cornerback since Ramsey left? Next question. With this team's repeated statement of wanting uh, Trayvon Walker to stay at one position as an outside linebacker and a 3-4 pass rusher, how much do you think that this will benefit him versus how much do you think it will benefit the team? Um. I w- where did he play? Everywhere, yeah, literally yeah. everywhere. This is this is the argument of why people, you know, people are like, oh, he doesn't have the stats, he doesn't have this, and he doesn't have that. He played every single position along the defensive line for Georgia because he can. Right, but did he play at linebacker? He played edge. He dropped so into there, pass but, coverage. But, but there, yeah, I guess the, so. He did all the I mean, things that an outside linebacker would be required to do in the NFL. He drops into coverage. Uh huh. He was re- actually pretty, pretty good dropping into coverage. Okay. Yeah, I actually don't know that. I don't. I don't know about that uh, that much about Trayvon, but um, in terms of pass coverage, but yeah. So you, but you're basically they're, they're saying him as a TJ Watt. Right. That's what that's what they want him to be. How much is that going to benefit him versus? not utilizing his versatility going to hurt the team. Uh I think it benefits him and that's all you should focus on. You got it. You got to figure out what he is. Um and I think it's easier if you commit to a position early. Um mm-hmm. instead of moving him around where he can't get situated and get comfortable at a certain position, if you start moving him inside or, you know, it's, it's different areas, I think that would hurt his development and he has a lot of um you know development that is needed he's very raw and i i I think that if you put him in a a position and keep him there for the whole year that is what i would do with him so i think that is a good idea for him i don't really care about the team because your team isn't going anywhere you should focus on his development this year um and that is keeping him in the same position oh look at us 100 percent agree i think you want everything to be able to benefit Trayvon this year because moving him around might help you because he is 100% the most athletic piece on your defensive front. There's no question about it. He is the most athletic guy. Josh Allen is a great pass rusher, a good pass rusher. Hopefully can get to great, but nobody has the athletic profile no, almost nobody in the NFL has the athletic profile that, that Trayvon Walker has. So using him would obviously in multiple different places would help the team more overall, but keep him in a position. You're not, you're, you're not competing for a Super Bowl this year. You're probably not competing for eight wins this year. Make figure out if he can play that outside pass rusher and go from there next year. Final defensive question. How many snaps does Chad Muma get? Don't you don't gotta give me a number. <laughs> I know that's kind of crazy thing to ask. Ready seven. <laughs> I don't I don't see a lot. I don't see a lot of snaps. I don't know where he fits. Um on defense. Special teams? Seven overall. I got yeah. No shit, but you also just spent a ton of money on Foy and you spent a first round pick on Devin Lloyd. So you tell me, you know, I, I just, I don't know, unless you kind of alter his position, but yeah. So the conversation, you're also having been... Trayvon Walker in that, in a linebacker type role. Mm-hmm. So what the, what the, is that offense look defense? Look yeah, like? So the conversation has been playing Chad Moom at the money backer role which okay. is kind of like a like a 
overhang safety cover the tight ends kind of like nickel slash dime player but i'm with you i just i've gotten a lot of pushback uh from jags fans and jags twitter on my stance that i don't feel like there was a lot of a plan which i don't even necessarily know if not having a lot of a plan this this offseason is that bad because you just needed to get some good players in on this team. But Chad Muma to me is a symptom of that. He's a really good player at the FBS level. So not only is he going from FBS to the NFL, which is kind of like two levels of football up. So maybe he doesn't, he's not capable of of making that leap, but I, I think he will be able to, but he's in a position that you overcrowded in this off season. And I just don't see a role. I don't see a way to get him onto the field, a significant amount. Who are you most likely to move on from in two years? So not next year. So 2024. Yes. Out of that linebacker. Foy or Foley? I think Oluokin, honestly, because I I think you're not going to move on from your nose tackle who came in and he's now clearly the best nose tackle on your team and he comes into a position if you're going to be playing a 3-4 that's very vital on the defensive line if he can play, which I assume um, that'll be fine. I think Christian Kirk, like we've been saying, I think next year, hopefully, I pray to God, is the year that they go after a true outside wide receiver, which lets Kirk go back to the inside, which I'm going to continue to say is the best position for him. And if he has a true outside number one, I think he's a top five, top eight slot receiver in the NFL. And the further and further out we get from the contract, the less and less of a percentage of the of the cap it's going to be. It won't look as bad as we get further out. So it would end up being a look into me. You don't want to be paying a linebacker that much money. That's not a premium position. If Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd prove that they're able to play competently at the NFL level, that's a player that I would probably be looking to move on from in 2024. Which is um, troublesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's it. My team-wide question for you. Oh, yeah. Without giving out win total, because we'll save that for our playoff projection episode, how many wins do you add just because Urban Meyer isn't involved? Like, think about the record that you would have given the Jags had they retained Urban Meyer. Now, okay. think about the record that you're that you're thinking about for this season now with Doug Peterson, and tell me how many wins you add. But that's not because of the. Um, okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm calculating. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You want you want to go at a count of three, both of us at the same time? Sure. Will that sound really good for the audio? It'll sound wonderful. Our audio is already fucked. Go ahead. <laughs> ready? One, two, three, three. Three. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm just looking at two pieces in a yeah. pod. <laughs> yeah. I think it's significant amount, by the way. That's for this team. Yeah. Some might even oh. say it might double their win total of what I think that they're going to win. Uh huh. Yeah, it, I'm close to that, but one win less. Yeah. It, 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 I, I think that um, it's not great. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I think there is a ceiling to this team. So it's harder to say more, but it honestly could be more. Um, mm-hmm. I think if this team was more talented, what Urban could have done to this team could be even worse. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on... The Jags. What's your goals for this year? 
three goals. My, my personal goals? Yeah, three goals for your, no, for the Jags. Three goals for the – what would you want to see? Three things that you would like to see from the Jags and the Jaguars this year. Uh, starters remain healthy. Um, the team to be in a steady upward trajectory. I don't want to see, like, peaks and valleys, like, all over the place. They, I just kind of want to see them steadily getting better and better and better over the season. I'd rather see them finish strong than, than start strong. Um, and then the third goal is to not just be competitive in games, but try and find a way to win a couple of these games that you're close in. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks. We will be back in two-ish weeks with our quarterback purgatory episode. Don't forget to send us your AMA questions. Uh, literally ask us anything and we'll answer it. Maybe. Depends on how inappropriate people get. Um, <laughs> Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow uh, us. Hey, oh. I can, I will, Terry, I will talk all about my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be very short. Uh, <laughs> you can find and follow us at Surf at Our Official Turf, all one word on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at the same thing, surf at Our Official Turf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Our Official Turf podcast. Mm-hmm.